Are you living the crazy life of a sports parent? This is Sports Parenthood, the podcast packed with cool conversations with sports people, coaches and professionals for rookie sports parents just like you. You'll hear nuggets of gold in every episode with your hosts, fellow sports parents, John and Tiffany Bonacera. Where do kids learn bad behavior? Their behaviors from. The behaviors they learn Definitely. from their parents or the behaviors they learn from their coaches. They learn from their role models. And if their role models are the ones that are saying those mm-hmm. things towards referees or yelling out at that abuse, they're just going to obviously think that mm-hmm. it's accepted. And that's mm-hmm. what you do. So I think our parents, whether you be a coach, a parent, a volunteer or whatever, we have the most responsibility mm-hmm. of all. From grassroots level to the pinnacle of sport, there exists a toxic culture of referee abuse. Match officials in every sport bear the brunt of poor sideline behaviour from parents, coaches and spectators. This week's guest, Henry Perinara, knows a thing or two. He refereed professionally in the National Rugby League for a decade following a playing career of eight seasons. Recently retiring due to a heart condition, Henry now works in the NRL bunker assisting on-field referees. He's seen and heard it all. Still, he loves it and wants to change the situation we see unfold every weekend, in every sport, in every age group. Referees and umpires, who are often kids, suffer because some people just can't keep their mouths shut. Why do we think it's okay to give referees a hard time? What gives people the right? Most importantly, more young people, both boys and girls, simply don't want to be refs anymore. And who could blame them? You'll hear from Henry on his experience as a referee, including officiating at Wembley and opening the World Cup in Cardiff. And now, seeing it from a different perspective, with his 15-year-old son taking it up. And it's certainly been an eye-opener. Wow. Yes, it has. If you've got kids who referee or are thinking about it, Henry is the first to tell you you'll get the best seat in the house. And he offers some great advice for all of us. Thanks for joining us, Henry. Mate, tell us about your transition to officiating, uh, making your first grade refereeing debut in 2011, well, a decade ago now, wow, <laughs> after playing 72 yeah. NRL games. Feels like a lifetime ago, um, <laughs> JB. But, oh. um, no, I was, um, I, was re- I was contracted to the Sharks. I was, I was one of those players that kind of club hopped around. I wasn't, look, I'm so grateful to play the, the amount of NRL that I did. So I had another contract at the Sharks. I had my shoulder um, fixed up again. Ricky Sticky was the actual coach okay. at the Sharks. So I dislocated my shoulder, I think, for the third time that year. And Ouch. Sticky was just like, go and get it fixed. So I went and got it fixed. But the previous year before that, I was at, I was at Parramatta. And I was actually heading into um, wanting to probably go into the coaching or the training side. Yep. I actually started doing some stuff with the SG ball as a coach and it was something that I actually really enjoyed. So I was actually going to go into like the development yes. officer role and, and then move into coaching, but I missed out on that job. So that's why I signed at Cronulla because they, they turned around and said they, were, they didn't fathom why I wanted to finish playing rugby league yep. like at the NRL level. And I was just like, like I had a son and I couldn't pick him up after a game because I had terrible Aww. shoulders. So... I, I wanted to make that move and then obviously, you know, it didn't pan out. But then at my back end of my year at Cronulla, um guy Matt Francis was his name. He used to be the um the NRL and this is how much the games moved. He used to be the NRL welfare education oh, officer. I remember so that. 
You remember that? I yeah. Do. So they, the 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 league had one welfare officer, as opposed to two, club, sometimes two have club. two now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he actually hit me up and he was like, "Oh, I want you to come in the office." And I'm like, "Going, oh, far out. They might have. They might have." Like I was actually quite scared. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, "What have I done?" What have I done? Yeah. And um, and he pulls me in. And he goes, "What do you think of refereeing of referees?" And I was like, oh, yeah, "They're all right." Like, <laughs> Oh, really? I wanted to say they're full of it and, <laughs> and stuff, as, as you you think, and because I had my fair running with them. Yes. And he goes, "Would you consider becoming a ref?" And I, I just went like, honestly, I wanted to say no straight away, but I, I thought about it, and I was like, "Oh, can you give me time to think about it?" And he said, "You need to give me like I think it was a Thursday. He gave me to the Sunday." Oh wow! And I, I went in, and I just said, "Oh, like I rang him back on the Saturday, and I just said, listen, I'd be foolish to not consider it." But I need to know more information. So he was like, "Yep, come in on Wednesday. We'll have a chat." And here I was thinking it's just a um, a coffee. Yeah. And this this is actually quite funny because <laughs> I'm thinking it's coffee and um, it's just me and Matt Francis. And I walk in there. There's Robert Finch, who was the boss of the refs. Um, there's uh, Mick Butner, who was um, involved with with the NRL. There the was match review committee. Was he there? The match review. Like yeah. it was David Gallup. Oh, wow. who was the CEO at the time, and um, Ian Schubert, that's who no, was the that's, salary cap That's no guy. coffee chat. Yeah, and and then also there was Steve Clark, oh. who was who was a current referee, yeah. but he was retiring, and he was retiring to take up this cadetship role. And so I walk in, and I'm just like, oh, what? And they basically handed me a contract, and they said, you've got – so it was Wednesday, and they said, you got till Friday because we want to, um, we want to go public with it. Well, and that's I just went, putting you on the oh. spot. <laughs> yeah, but oh, it gets better. So <laughs> – um, so I went, I went home and, and then I get a call. It was one o'clock or something. And I get a call at, at three o'clock and it was Buttes and Buttes turned around and goes, mate, we need to know by five o'clock today if you're in or not, because if you are, we've got a press conference tomorrow. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just went, I just went, oh, shit. Yeah. You're not kidding. <laughs> and, um, and it was, it was like, I was working at a, a warehouse to make ends meet. Like I, I wasn't, um, you know. People talk about NRL that they, you know, yeah, people they think, think that they're on a, everyone's on stack of money and they can do what they want. Like I was, I played, I think, 15 games of first grade that year. I relied on those match payments. I think I, I had a $30,000 contract. Mm. Um, so I, I was working in a warehouse at the time to supplement my yeah. income. I had a young, young boy at the time and I was just like, far up, what am I going to do? I rang my parents really quickly. My dad actually said not to do it. Um, because the World Cup was the next year, and I was I mis- just missed out on the Kiwis, and that I was going to play for Samoa. Yes, Samoan heritage. Dad was like, no. My brother said no. My mum said no. But my um, well, my partner at the time, she ended up being my wife or ex-wife. But she was the only one that turned around and said, "You've got to look at it. They're chasing you." Mm. And I just went well far out, and so I bit the bullet, like so to speak. That's and such a big big thing to do uh, it was in hard. such a short yeah, space I to, of time. Yeah, I, I rang Ricky. Like I really wanted to tell Ricky, but I'd already asked my boss to take lunch off because for this meeting and then when I told him, I said, listen, I've got to make this decision. He was like, mate, I really need you here. And he like he'd done the right thing by me, so I kind of did the right thing by him. Yes. Yeah, and rang Ricky and, and Ricky was excellent. Like he, I said, listen, I've been off of this. <laughs> he was like, refereeing, really? <laughs> like because it was you know, obviously something outside the box. Um, and he was like, you know, I wish you all the best. Please, if you ever feel like you want to come down and say hello to the boys. Yeah, um, please do. You know, you'd do so. And yeah, he was excellent. He was and human, I still, 
he, he's a he's an absolute legend. And every time I see him on the sideline, you know, before the game's warm ups, I'll go and shake his hand. I probably don't do it after a game, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, definitely before a game. I, and like if I see him, I always stop and say hello. He's a he's an absolute legend. Of he me. is. So how did your experience, Henry, as a player, influence your um, approach to refereeing? Yeah, that was it was tricky because people people that play the game they obviously think they just want the referee to basically let everything go. Yep. That was my be seen that was and not my heard. thought. Yes, and 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 I still believe that like referees do need to be seen and not heard. But I didn't experience my first year. I was refereeing an under seventeens game. One of the biggest experiences I've ever had as a referee, and it was wet. It was. It was at the back of Engadine, and I think it was Engadine versus Menai, who, and they hated each Fierce other. Rivalry. Those two teams, big rivalry, like a local derby rivalry, yeah. and I, it was wet. And so there was a couple of high tackles that I just thought, meh, they're high. They're not even that high. They're slipping up off the ball. Just let it go, let it go, let it go. Anyway, this game blew up in my face. It just, it was an all in brawl. Like seventeen oh, no. year old kids just going nuts, and I was like going, uh oh, wow, <laughs> uh oh, yeah, but. I look back and I think it's really important that you obviously review, like do it as a job and I wanted to you know, do it as a profession. You obviously look back and look at the way you performed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the first thing I did when I got home, I just said, I was just like, wow. And then I realized, I go, that was all because of me. Yep. Like it I wasn't the players. It. I caused it. Like, yeah, the players were the ones that threw the punches. Yeah, the players, a guy kicked a guy, like a guy spat on a guy. It was that bad. Oh, it wow. Was, it was really bad. And the fact that they were 17 years old doing mm, it. Mm. And I, I was just like. But you saw the tensions kids. rising and yep. you didn't do and anything to quell it. I didn't do anything about it. And that was because I thought that uh, everyone just wants to see the game just flow and no, the, put the ref- whistle in his pocket. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I let this game go and it got out of control. And that was my fault. Mm. And that was probably one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned in my whole refereeing career. And I think I'm very fortunate enough to learn it early. at uh, a, an early early age. Mm. And so I just went around and like I was refereeing district that, uh, for that remainder of the year. And I, my approach was, well, I'm going to back my fitness over every single one of your players. And I'm just going to make the game so fast that they're going to be too tired to argue and too argue, too tired to fight. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> That's so good. Mate, we're going to take you really quickly forward. And you've actually recently announced your retirement from professional refereeing due to a heart condition. What do you think you'll miss the most about officiating on field? Obviously, the decision was, was a big one. And in saying that, like it was probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make, obviously, but it was probably the easiest decision I went due to the circumstances surrounding it. Um, obviously, you've got young children that you know you want to be around for a long, long time. Yes. So um, that that was the thing. But in terms of what I'll miss, I actually I'll, I, I've been I grew up with rugby league, mm. and to be fair, I had the best seat in the house of all games. Mm. I was involved in some amazing games over the over my career. I was like very lucky to referee at Wembley That's over in wow. England. I was ve- I was very lucky to referee at the World Cup, open the World Cup at uh, Cardiff, the Millennium Stadium. Wow! Um, so you know those are the those are the things that I will miss on field. But it was like I, I think it'll be more. It's it'll be not it'll be rude of me to touch not touch on the you know, the off field stuff. And I think that's what I'll end up missing more. 
is you know we've we've got a squad of 22 mm. uh referees and yeah the on-field stuff and the, the memories and the great games that you're involved and in, they're they're amazing but it's it's the stuff outside of that the stuff that you muck around in the sheds the stuff that you muck around at trainings and, mm. and things that's the stuff that i will probably miss the most yeah well it's hard to replicate those things isn't it oh absolutely i mm. mean um when you when you get a group of for us we've got to to um, young females in our in our squad as well, mm-hmm. but when you get a group of people with such dynamic pers- personalities, there's bound to be fireworks every now and then. <laughs> Naturally, that's <laughs> absolutely uh, like any dressing room or any sport. Mm. Uh, there's always a bit of pump around, isn't there? <laughs> there's always someone, and there's always a couple of um, larrikins mm. or per- big personalities, and um, yeah, you know that's something that I'll definitely miss. So from grassroots level, so speaking just, I guess, more broadly about refereeing to the upper echelons of Australian sport, there tends to exist a toxic culture of referee abuse. Tell us about your experience. Yeah, I've had a few. I, I, I did a test match in New Zealand once and it was actually New Zealand versus Samoa. Um, made, made a call that was like 50-50 at, at best. I think I was proved to be wrong about it at the end of it. but. It went all over Facebook and stuff, and I, I was actually in New Zealand, and my or my partner at the time, or my ex-wife, she was at. We were living in Engadine, yeah. Mm-hmm. And someone actually said, like, she was following it, like, and I said to her, "Get off social media!" Like, oh my god, like for us, it's stay stay the hell away from social media because there's nothing good mm-hmm. that gets said about you on social media as a referee. And I learned that very very quickly, so I just stayed. I just got off everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she, apparently someone said, um, he lives in Engadine. I know where he lives. Let's go and bash him. Wow. And and the fact that I wasn't home, my partner saw that and she was like, oh, my God, this is what's happened. And so I rang the integrity unit straight away. Um, I was like, listen, this is what's been said. Yeah, My my I family are at home, you, like young, young children at home. This needs to be actioned, and and they they were excellent. They were they were absolutely fantastic. They they jumped on that straight away. So that that was something for me. I was I was in um in the north of New Zealand up in Whangarei, mm. refereeing the game. So I was like, yeah, I was sitting in my hotel, no this. issues whatsoever. Mm. And then that was to come. So I I know there's you know obviously you saw some things. I think with the Easter Monday game a few years ago yes. back with the Bulldogs, yep. you know, and South. you hear you hear a lot of things. We we see a lot of stuff as well because we 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 wear the brunt of every single decision we make, mm. whether it's for one team or another. Because generally, there's fifty percent of the people that are going to hate it, and we understand that and deal with it. It's um yeah, but like I said, it's it's quite unfortunate, especially at the um the high level that that does get to that. Yes. From a volunteer point of view, my my son actually started refereeing my fifteen year old. Yeah, right. <laughs> he started refereeing this year. How's he going um, with that? He, yeah, you know what? He actually really enjoys it, yeah. but I think he enjoys it for the money more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a part time like, hey, job to have. Absolutely, and he um, he needs it. He's getting a shoulder reconstruction next week. The poor oh, guy. Goodness. Um, so actually, doing refereeing, I actually said to him, I was like, "It's going to help your game because mm. he like really he's involved in the in the South Sydney Juniors yeah. and and stuff." But he had his first game, and it was under sixes and under sevens, and they you're basically babysitting the kids, yeah. Like, um, so which which is another thing. Like I think, like the coaches should probably referee it. But anyway, Trey was out there refereeing, and one of the coaches um, started abusing him. Oh, no and way. I'm sitting there, like, really? and I'm sitting there going, mate. He was like, "You've got to call it fair. You got to do this. You got to do that." And I'm sitting there going, "Man, I don't want this for myself. No, no. I don't want this at all. You know, naturally." 
And so I, like, the, their team that they were playing, the, 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 that coach, at the end of the game, he was like, oh, great game, guys, great game, guys. And I wasn't going to say anything to him. And he goes, um, he was like, great game, guys, this and that, blah, blah, blah. The ref was useless. <gasps> right, right. And I just went. And, I like, he didn't know Trey was my son, obviously. Oh, and so I just, like I sat there, I had my puppy with me. <laughs> I just walked up to him and I just said, oh, listen, mate. I said, hey, how are you doing? My name's Henry. Nice to meet you. I said, can I just say, like, the way you spoke to that kid out there, I said, I think it was embarrassing. I said, he's a 15-year-old. And the first thing he said, he goes, they need more training. They need this. They need that. <gasps> and I just went. I just went, hold on, mate. I said, where do you expect them to train? I go, this is training. This is under the sixes, sixes and under sevens, <gasps> you know. And and he was, he was arcing his back up. He was like, oh, you don't know what it's like to volunteer. And I just went, okay, well, no, I need to stop you there. I said, because I've got kids just this age as well, and I coach them as well. I said, so yeah, I do need. I yeah, do I know do what know it's like to volunteer. That. I said, but I said, regardless, I said, if you, I said, if you were a parent, I go, that kid's got a parent. Mm. I said, if you were a parent, would you appreciate it? Yeah. somebody talking to that kid because he, he was like i know who you are i know you, you're about you're here for the referees and i said well i'm actually not i said because if you think i said if you're a parent and you saw someone talking to your 15 year old kid like that do you think it's acceptable mm. and he was trying to arc up and then i turned around and i said because that kid you're talking to is my son oh, wow. <laughs> and and I said, yeah, it is his first, it's his first game. I said, but where do you expect him to learn? Because there's no under threes. <laughs> you know? oh my there God. isn't. And, um, it's still yeah, astounding and, and, when you hear those stories. Yeah. And, what- yeah. and then as soon as I said that, I was just like, oh, like he was like, oh, no, it's not acceptable. And I said, I go, yeah, you know what? He got some things wrong. I said, but mate, your kids were running out left, right, and center. I said, it's rugby league. I said, and they're learning. You're here to enjoy yourself. Yes. They're learning. I said, just like he's learning, mm. you know? And, um, and then, then he tried to go over and apologize to my son. My son told him to piss off. And then I, <laughs> so then I had to go up to my son. And hey, he hey. was like, hey, he's an idiot, Dan. And I was just like, mate, once he t- comes up to you and apologizes, you, you, you need to just say, thank you. Oh yeah, gosh. thank you. You may hate it. But yeah, I was just like, mate, like, that's exactly right. Like, I've coached my young fellas, my young fella, all the way through. And I, I remember saying to parents, I was just like, if you bag the referees, I go, you will not have me as a coach. Yeah. I said, we're not going to be not going to be that team. Be that team. So, exactly. And, it's such a uh, bad culture, isn't it? It is. And look, oh. irrespective of what he said to Trey, just as importantly is he is giving six and seven-year-olds the message. Well, this is the thing. That, yeah. oh, the ref was hopeless. He let, like, well, you don't communicate like that to any child in any sport at any time. Well, it's the same sort it's, of yeah. thing just, and, you know, and it, it is sort of that whole framework. So, for example, when the parents blame a referee too and it's hard when it's coming from the coach hmm. for, for the result of the game, children learn to make excuses. For the which outcome. Which is the whole kind of part of the problem as well. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that as well? Oh, no, I, I agree totally. I mean, I'm like Tra- Trey's 15 and I, I actually coach his footy team this year. And it's quite funny sitting on the sideline. They go, oh, the, oh, that's a terrible call. And I was just like, hold on. I was like, mate, don't worry about what the ref is doing because we're going to – we'll make our mistakes. He may make his – I said, but at the end of the day, we need to take him out of it. Yes. And and I think that's extremely crucial. And, and you're exactly right, Tiff. You know, talk about kids blaming mm. referees and it's just, a, it's just a bad cycle that's probably um, just festered all the way mm. through. And – you don't realize how I didn't realize how bad it actually was until you actually well, go to. You hear those that, stories, but that, that first-hand story that you just uh, told yeah. us about your son—I mean, you hear those terrible stories, but you just think, "Oh, you know," but they're real. That's the scary thing. What's it like? 
I think it's sorry. sorry yeah, mate, I, I was just going to. What's it like being under that level of scrutiny? Mm. And I mean, even at a at an amateur level, but also at a professional level, how, how do you handle it? How, you you develop a very f- thick skin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one that never liked spotlight. Even when, like, I was lucky enough to play, and obviously, the game, in my opinion, the game's all about the players. They're the product. They they do an amazing job. Some of the things that they do on the field is absolutely amazing. I was lucky enough to be on that mm-hmm. side. But even when I was on that side, I wasn't one that chased yeah. publicity. Like, there's there's guys that like the like the camera and stuff, and that's great because that's they'll what the be game's excellent about. Yeah, it. yeah, that's what the game's about. Um, I was never that person. I was always, you know, enjoy to be and go and stand in the corner and, and have a few beers with mates. And I, so I, I was always like that. So I think I guess the transition for me into refereeing was quite straightforward because it's all about being seen and not heard. But yeah, it, it's it's tricky. Mm. I, I guess the thing is, for me, it's really easy because you just get used to it. There's some hurtful things that get mm. said. There's no doubt, um, but. The biggest one is I don't like it when my family. No, uh, no. Yeah. I was talking to mum and dad on Facetime last just last night, and Trey was with me, and we were talking, and and he actually went to a game with my dad that I was refing, and he was he turned around, and he goes, "Dad, I was crying." Oh, wow! He'd, like he was like he was crying because of what they were saying about me. Wow! Because um, they didn't realize oh, of like, the seats the, that we had. They didn't realize the, that Henry oh, um, son sitting in front of me, and and his grand and his father. Like they don't see any of that you know and he saw that and so that kind of made me not want to take my kids to games Mm. naturally because it was because i just didn't want them to hear that Mm. um and you know that made it really tricky because they obviously loved it Mm. you know especially the boys they were like i love going and and so so that was tricky but i just kind of wanted to shelter them away from that more more than anything you don't consider all of those things this is why it's a really interesting it is a really interesting story and mate advice do you, what advice do you have for young people who are currently refereeing, like Trey, at a, at a local, local sporting club, club mm-hmm. or they're considering becoming a volunteer referee? Oh, mate, I think it's a great thing to mm-hmm. do. It, it really is. And, and regardless of the stories, you know, the, the bad things that you hear, and it's not just rugby league. Like yeah. We're obviously just talking rugby league because that's your, that's your background. That's our sport, yeah. right, JV? You know? But uh, across any sport, like the game, Rugby league as as itself needs volunteers to you know, obviously do canteens, uh, refereeing, um, match day managers, so to speak. But that goes across every other sport mm, mm. Um, across the whole of Australia, across the whole of the world. Um, sports not built if there's no if there's no yes. volunteers. Like it's 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 literally built on volunteers. Mm. Um, so I, like I think it's great. Like Trey actually loves it. He actually really enjoys it. Um, like I said, I think it's the yeah, money. Yeah, I was just going to say, we said volunteer, first, but, but they do get paid a nominal well, you fee. Do, yeah. when you do when you're refereeing yeah. at a yeah. local level yeah. and I think that's important because yeah. it, it, essentially it's a part-time job, to isn't be, it? To be fair, yeah. our, our eldest daughter's eye sparked up when she figured out that there was money involved in refereeing. Yeah. <laughs> She's well, at soccer. I'll tell you, yeah. get, get her in the Oztag. Oh, okay. Like Oztag, they, they, I think they think it's something like $20 a yes. game. Yes. Like 20 bucks mm. a game. So they do two or three games of an evening. a night. Couple of couple of nights yeah, a week. Yeah, that's good income. It's wonderful. For a young that's person. A, that's a hundred odd dollars, and I know Oztag they pay on the day. Yeah, even oh, better. So it's actually cash in hand. So right. so <laughs> hundred. Whereas Trey doesn't get his until the end of the year. Oh, so he's like, no. that's a long yeah, way. Yeah, the poor dude. That's not <laughs> forced poor saving. Guy, he will appreciate that when it comes. Yeah, absolutely. But no, I, like I actually think it's an, it's an amazing idea, and it's it's a great way to stay involved. Mm. I mean. 
if you look at our NRL squad of 22, I think we've, we're guys that played footy, but they just loved the game. Mm. And there's going to be people that play rugby, soccer that love the game, but either can't compete at a yeah. higher level due to maybe injury, something happening, work or whatever. Ability. But, you know, actually, ability <laughs> is enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, with refereeing, <laughs> a lot of the boys probably finished at under 10s or 12s, 15s, you know. Yes. But it's just a great way to stay involved in, in the great game that you're involved in, whatever that may be. Can I ask just out of interest, are there any, so say for a kid sort of thinking about it, would you give them any sort of, what would you say to them? Are there any sort of things that you did, like for example, be confident or, you know, some little things that you'd say when they're on the field to have a think about to sort of, you know, look, I don't, you know, so, yeah, yeah you know like what I'm part. saying? You know? Yeah. The, the, the biggest one, yep. like for a referee, is fake it till you <laughs> okay. make it. <laughs> because if you make a decision and you look sure yep. of yourself, everyone just everyone's going to agree yep. with you. If it's 50-50, everyone's just going to go, okay, look at him. He looks so <laughs> confident and they don't even look at it. Whereas, And you know what? That is at the NRL level as well. Yes. Like you can turn around and you just go, no, knock on. And they go, what? And go, no, no way it's a knock on. But if you start second guessing yourself mm-hmm. and you look hesitant and you don't look assertive and authoritative. That's where the doubt creeps yeah, like into they, everyone. That's when they're going to jump on you because they start doubting you. Like, yeah. You know, like it's, you, know, you call a knock on and the player goes, I didn't knock on. And you go, <laughs> you did. Like it nearly pretty much snuffs it out there, especially at at the uh, amateur yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and I think the reference to to being human, which is something that you've you've mentioned a couple of times, is really important because in some capacities, when you are playing sport, it's hard to view that the referee, whatever code it is, is actually doing their best the same as you are as a player mm-hmm. and, and you will make mistakes and it, that's just life. It's part and of it, yeah. It's not, a, it's not a reflection on any individual. No one rips into someone and, and says, I'm coming to your house when you knock on. Well, that's why it's so unacceptable and, that parents well, and coaches uh, jump on the referees and, and start exactly throwing right. things like useless and hopeless and, you know, making those excuses and setting up that culture among the players and their children. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think as um, as parents and as coaches, we, we probably have the the biggest um, yes. responsibility of all, you know, to to teach our kids, you know, what, whatever they be, you know, that that is unacceptable. Whatever whatever behaviour they they do towards a referee is mm, not acceptable. Mm. But it's not only teaching our our kids; parents. it's it's teaching our parents mm. as well. Because if we have a look at it, they're probably mm-hmm. the worst. Like the because the parent, where, where do kids learn? Bad behavior. Their behaviors mm. from. The behaviors they learn Definitely. from their parents or the behaviors they learn from their coaches. They learn from their role models. And if their role models are the ones that are you know, saying those mm. things towards referees or, or yelling out at that abuse, they're just going to obviously think that mm-hmm. it's accepted and that's mm-hmm. what you do. So I, I think our parents, whether you be a coach, a parent, a volunteer or you know, whatever, but we have the most responsibility mm-hmm. of all. Mate, yeah, you're so a great example of one pathway sports people that people can take following a playing career. So obviously yours was made, you know, wow. on a flip of a coin. <laughs> it was nearly. like a sliding doors moment, <laughs> that one. Well, it really was. Yeah. Yeah. An hour to make and it. You've gone on, you know, you, you've had a, a decade in refereeing and now pursuing another area of refereeing, working in the bunker. How how do you know if it's the right path for you? Yeah, it, it was tricky because I had to make the decision in November. 
of the previous yep. year. So I had to do basically uh, us as refs, like you've seen when we get guys, I won't say me come down here training JV because I was always with the Fords, but like, we yep. get, say, when Gav Badger um, or one of the young other little whippets, they'd, go, they'd come down, they'd keep Absolutely up with your, they do. your top, they top do. runners. Super fit. Know, because they're so fit. So we have a preseason like – just like a just like a team, it's probably even worse because we don't get to have the ball as much yeah. as you guys, and it just kills me. So we just run for the sake of running, um, which absolutely kills me. It does hurt, mate. <laughs> um, so like doing doing the preseason, I still didn't know, but I I knew I knew when it was was when I went to the first couple of games, and I was actually sitting in the video ref box just as for experience, and this is what they do, and I was just like, yep, I don't miss it like I would if I was still out on the field. And and I knew I knew right there and then. And then when I refereed my first game, I was like, "Yeah, man, I can mm. do this." Like, and I didn't I didn't know I could do it until mm-hmm. I refed it, because I didn't. There was no like, there's no games to referee from November to March to March, and they're not going to throw me into a an SG ball game. Like my first game, I think it was under 15s out at um, out at Penrith at Wayland, which is Reserve. outstanding, isn't it? I thought about that when you mentioned you were refereeing, you know, yeah. <laughs> a local game between Engadine and a local opponent. How it's mm. a great place to start. Because it's not easy. Yeah, what they did with us, what they did with us is like there was myself, Paul Mellor, who was at the Sharks, and Luke and, and Luke also Phillips. A former like, so we were the three. Yeah, we were the three like cadets to come through. It was for the former former players path, and we went like so for our first year. We did our district, but during the week we did all school okay. games. So my first year, I refereed like 150 games. Of oh league, wow! Um, which was basically condensed like five or six seasons into mm. one. Um, and then, so yeah, during the season, the boys hardly saw us because You're always we refereeing. were out refereeing. Like that was our job, is to just to go out and referee. And, it's a good and learning get used case, to it. Yeah, yeah, it really mm-hmm. was. It, it really was. But I didn't actually know until look, I remember going in. I think it was round one, and I, I did a box at the footy yes. stadium, the old yep. footy stadium. And I was like, yeah, I don't miss it. I can see myself doing this. And then when I refereed, I was like, yep, this is where I want to mm-hmm. go. And I, I kind of knew, and the thing is with refereeing, because I was so new, I knew, I, you, sorry, you could see the pathways yep. and you could you could see the growth. Like I was probably a player that squeezed the lemon dry yep. and there was probably not much more improvement left in me due to my age and, and obviously being around a while. But with refereeing, I saw, I was like, okay, I'm getting better every week. And like, I actually really thrived on mm. that more than well, anything. That's a really good point. So, Henry, I have a question um, just in regards to your son who's um, currently refereeing. Have you seen, you know, have you watched him progress over the last sort of month or so and, and what's that been like for you and for him actually? Yeah, it's, it actually warms me. Mm. <laughs> it warms my heart seeing him because you, you can see the progression that he makes. Mm. And he, the first thing he said to me when I suggested, he goes, I want to play footy, Dad. I don't want it to get away in my footy. And the fact that he's taken it on and he's learning mm. and he's improving yeah. out of sight, I actually, it warms, it warms my heart to, to see that because like, I'll, I'll go and watch him and then see him gradually exactly. improve. It's lovely. Yeah, they'll do four games. He'll do four games back to back. And just to see him improve on every little piece yeah. is just is just great. The one thing I went that first that first week when he went in, the guys were giving it to him. I was oh. just like, man, I don't want to see that. Like mm. I really didn't. But then I'm the first thing I said to him in the car I was like, dude, if you don't want to do this, mm. you don't have to. And he's like, no, nah, I want to do it, Dad. And that I, I was just like, how mm-hmm. good's that? Because that's going to build it builds resilience mm-hmm. as well Definitely. for kids. And I think that's probably one of the biggest tools more than anything that will help him in the long mm. run 
Well, mate, many parents are nervous about their child volunteering to referee mm. because of exactly what you just described. And actually the statistics show that um, there, ha- there has been a drop-off in, in people, you know, willing being willing to – like kids being willing to volunteer because of the abuse from the sidelines. But there's also many benefits to becoming a volunteer referee. Or, in, a, or a referee. We know we nominated that they do yeah, get they, paid a okay. nominal amount. Yeah, well, let's call yeah. it part-time then. What advice would you give parents or people that are aspiring to do that? Give it a go. That's the mm. first thing. It, it's it will change. It could change people's lives. I mean, it, it definitely changed mine. I was twenty seven when when I decided to finish footy, and yes, I was I was given a potential full time contract. But I, per, to be perfectly like one hundred percent honest, I only started refereeing because the contract that I was getting from the referees was for three years, and it was double what I was going to get as a mm. player. And I just That's went really honest. Okay. And and but once I started it, I was just like, man, I can sink my I can sink my teeth into this, and I really wanted like I was very I'm very very lucky to be involved in rugby league for so long. Without refereeing, I would not have been able to do that for not even half of what I was involved yeah. in, in the game for. Um, so that, that's that's the first thing. Like to obviously people who are looking to become a volunteer uh, referee in whatever mm. sport. But then the next thing is like obviously to our parents and and the coaches is you need to remember they're giving their time just yeah. as much as you're giving your time you know so they're out there trying to do their best they're not out there to try and make it all about mm. them yeah you know, they're out there to adjudicate the game that you're coaching or you're watching or your young kids are enjoying and I think we we sometimes we lose sight of that it's not it's sometimes often probably often <laughs> we often lose sight of that because I, what I loved going out to seeing it at uh, junior clubs is that sign where they go, this is not yes. the NRL. Your kids are not this. The, the refs are human, this, mm-hmm. this, and this. And I love seeing that because I think that's a – as soon as people see that, they go, wow. Mm. And I, I think that's probably the, um, the biggest point more than anything. That's gold. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sports Parenthood. Please leave a review, share with your friends, or visit our website, sportsparenthood.com.au, to connect. Catch you next week.